unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the cornea cider. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 277 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. A good sports day for San Diego. Obviously, it's not baseball season, but you got basketball here. You got Gonzaga and Michigan State uh, playing on the USS Abraham Lincoln and then San Diego State against BYU. So later tonight, San Diego fans enjoy that. Uh, But for today's show, there's some stuff to talk about. It's not really a you know jam-packed show. I don't I don't think it's going to be as long as yesterday was, obviously, because we were reacting to the Robert Suarez news. But there's still s- some stuff to talk about. Um, Nick Martinez, the main topic. Uh, Max Muncy made some comments today. I don't know if it was today, but I saw it today. That just sound like excuses. And James Click is out as Astros general manager or Astros president of baseball operations, whatever it is, uh, for the Houston Astros after winning the World Series on Saturday. So very weird, but we can discuss that at the end as well. Any questions, any thoughts, feel free to put them in the comments. I'm doing this off of my phone here, so bear with me. Hopefully the audio is good. My computer is still not fixed. That's probably going to still be a few weeks. So we'll see how long I'm doing this from, you know, my iPad and phone, but, uh, thank you for bearing with me. I wanted to start off real quick with Manny Machado. Why? Because I saw on social media today that there was someone who posted a picture of Manny at Coors Field with Peter Seidler and assistant GM, Fred Ullman Jr., there was someone else wearing purple, uh, and people are like, oh, is an extension coming? Why is Manny in Colorado? I mean, I don't think that that is even, I don't think that was even real. Like, I saw the picture, I saw, I guess it was posted somewhere on Facebook in some Facebook group. I don't think that that was actually real. Peter Seidler, I remember them showing Bally Sports showed him on the broadcast in Colorado earlier this year, sitting by the dugout. Um, so I feel like that was just a picture from earlier in the season of Seidler and Manny talking. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to think that that was actually like today. Why is Manny Machado, why, why would they meet outside of Coors Field? Wouldn't they meet in San Diego where Manny lives or where Seidler lives? Wouldn't they meet in private? Why would it be at Coors Field? That's that's where I'm kind of like, wait, what? So I don't really believe that, but I did want to address that and point that out. You could probably go look it up. It's on, it's, I saw it all over Twitter this morning and I guess someone on Facebook posted it. I don't, I won't believe it until maybe someone with sources or whatever, you know, says, oh, Manny and Seidler were, in Colorado. Like, I just don't believe that. I think that was probably from earlier this season. Because again, why would they be outside of Coors Field right now? That just doesn't make sense. Um, 
but getting to Nick Martinez. So he opted out or declined the, to take that player option for 2023, which was going to be six and a half million dollars. And he took, he opted out because of the deadline. The, the deadline yesterday was 2 PM Pacific time. So he had to just make that move. Um, it, it was not like, according to reports, like Dennis Lynn, I think put it out there. It wasn't like, okay, I don't want to be with the Padres. So I'm opting out here. It was, no, this is a opt-out deadline. I have to opt out here, and we can continue negotiations. So I do believe the Padres and Nick Martinez will get a deal done. It seems like right now they're continuing those conversations, and we'll see where those le- that leads. Uh, but the main topic today, what would a Nick Martinez potential deal look like? Um, I think it's hard to really know how many years a potential deal would be, but I'm thinking that it would be like $10 million a year, somewhere around there. I was trying to look up some free agent starting pitchers that had, that are comparable age that are around the same age as Nick Martinez. Nick Martinez, I believe is 31. And I looked at Ross Stripling. He pitched with the Toronto Blue Jays this year and he's a starting pitching free agent. He's one year older than Martinez at, I think, 32. And MLB Trade Rumors predicts Stripling to get $9 million a year. So, okay, maybe that's what Martinez kind of wants there. I would think that Martinez and the age, his agent's going to want more than what the Padres gave to Robert Suarez, considering Suarez is a reliever and Nick Martinez is a starter. Usually starters get more money than relievers per year. So let's say $10 million a year. I'm just throwing that number out there. Maybe it's $10 million a year. Um, Oh, someone says my mic is messed up. Is it? Sorry about that. It's not plugged into anything. I'm just talking to my phone. So if it is, hopefully you can bear with me. If you don't, I understand. I'm sorry about that. Um, Static mic. Okay. I don't know if I can fix that on my end because I'm just in here and it's, I'm on my phone. Like I, I'm not plugged into anything. I don't have any headphones on. So hopefully it will just go away at some point. Um, but I think that Nick will want to raise from six and a half million dollars to probably 10 million. Let's say he wants more than Robert Suarez. So you get him to $10 million per year. And I think three years makes sense. That takes him to age 35. It takes you through the Juan Soto years that you're guaranteed. Uh, 2023, 2024 is the Juan Soto years. So it takes you through those two years, right? I think that was an important factor for the Padres bringing Suarez back too, so that they'd at least have that closer insurance option uh, if Hayter leaves, assuming that he will leave after this season. Um so that's important. You'll have Musgrove and Martinez guaranteed for the next few seasons, at least in the rotation. Uh, and then we'll see about Darvish and Snell. So I think three years is good. Maybe Martinez once four or once five. I was listening to Ben and Woods this morning and they were talking about, well, would you give $46 million five years to Nick Martinez? Like 
the Padres gave to Suarez, and I think that's an interesting question as well. Uh, I personally would try to lean towards not giving Robert Suarez or not giving Martinez five years, 46, because I wouldn't have, I, I didn't think I was going to give Suarez five years. I didn't think the Padres were going to give five years, 46 to Suarez. I thought he was going to be gone. Like I wanted Suarez for maybe three years, but I didn't want him for five. Martinez, he was more effective out of the bullpen this year. I don't know if he, he would be a very effective starter for five years. So I'd be hesitant to give him five years for 46, the same deal that Suarez got. But I'd be willing to give him three years for a higher average annual value than Suarez got. Martinez wants to be a starting pitcher. Starting pitchers get more than relievers do per year. Unless we're talking about like Edwin Diaz compared to Ross Stripling. But most for the most part, starting pitchers get more than relievers. They'll start ex- Scherzer. He got 40 plus millions. Diaz one of the best relievers in baseball got 20 million per year. You know, it's just a difference. So I think it's fair for Martinez to get more than Suarez per year. I think three years takes him through 35. It's understandable if Martinez and his agent wants more than three years. But I think the the smartest thing for the Padres is three years, like $30 million. You could give him opt-outs if you want to. Um, but they already did go through that in this past contract. I think if you're the Padres, you want to know that Nick Martinez is going to be here. So maybe you give him opt-outs and be like, well, maybe if you have another great season and it's as a starter, you guarantee to us that you will be back for us in 2024. We'll give you more money. Um, so maybe they have opt-outs that way or like a club option or something. I don't think you want to give the, all of the control to Martinez again. Because you already did that in the last contract, you know. Um, so that's that's what I would do. Now, I don't think this deal would prevent the Padres from building a complete team. Like, let's say they give them three years, $30 million. It's $10 million a year. You give Suarez $9.2 million a year. Let's go by Kevin Acey's reporting and say, the Padres want to spend, you know, $25 million this year. Okay, so that would leave the Padres with about $5.8 million left to get another starting pitcher, probably a five-starter or a four-starter, a left fielder, first base DH, and possibly another reliever, maybe another bench bat. Like, that's a lot of pieces. Let's even take out the reliever, possibly another reliever. Let's say, because they got Suarez, they like the bullpen where it's at, They'll bring Pedro Avila up. They'll bring Chris Matt up. Maybe Kinnear. Like, okay, they feel fine with the bullpen. All right. Well, then you still have $5.8 million left for another starter. I think they'll get another starter elsewhere. A left fielder, if they want to go that route. Or let's just say another starting pitcher and a power bat. Because there have been, let's say another power bat, another starting pitcher, and... Will Myers. Let's say if, you know, they want to stay around 25, you got to give a cheap deal to Myers and say Myers comes back one year, three, $4 million. Uh, I think he would definitely get more than that on the free agent market other uh, outside the Padres. But let's say that I think that would be, I think that's a long shot of happening of Myers taking three or 4 million. That's it from the Padres. But let's say that happens. So now, that leaves you with 
three million left for another starting pitcher and a power bat, like that's not going to happen, you know. So uh, I, I don't even in a trade like Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, I, I pointed him out as a possible trade candidate. He's a catcher. So it's Seth Brown. Seth Brown. Maybe that would happen then if if you have Seth Brown as your power bat in a trade, first base outfielder for the A's. He made seven hundred five thousand in twenty twenty two. Potters should have him for four years of control. So the way that they could stay around that $25 million if they give Martinez $10 million a year is they bring in Will for really cheap. So let's say $3 million. I don't think that's going to happen, but let's say it's $3 million. Then you have you know a little less than $3 million left, and you get a guy like Seth Brown, power bat for a really low salary. Okay, now let's say you have a million dollars left, a million and a half. Now you need a left fielder or, you know, you need another starter probably, right? They're not going to rely on Morahone. I don't think it's smart to rely on Groom to be the five starter when he hasn't been in the big leagues yet. And he's not like this top prospect or anything. Um, Ryan Weathers, I mean, we can't trust him right now. Reese Kinnear. Do you trust him to be the five starter the whole year? I don't think so. That's still going to be tough to fit that in. I'm sure there's other starters. There are other starters around the league. Uh, I can give you a couple of names. There are other starters around the league that are probably going to make less than a million next year or around that, like Justin Dunn of the Reds. He made $923,000, I think, last year. Or, or it's either that's what he made last year or that's what he's projected to make this coming season. Trevor Rogers of the Marlins. He's a pre-arbitration player. He has four years of control. Reed Detmers with the Angels. He made seven hundred ten thousand in twenty twenty-two. So uh, James Caprillion of the A's seven hundred five thousand in twenty twenty-two. Detmers has five more years of control. Caprillion has four more years of control. So uh, I'm just naming out. Uh, these aren't guys that the Padres are interested in. Trevor Williams, Stephen Woods reported that yesterday that the Padres are interested in him. He uh, went to school here in San Diego, I think at Grossmont High School. So maybe he's the five starter and he accepts a really cheap deal to go play for his hometown team. I don't know. But my point is the Padres signing Martinez to three years, 30 million, if that happens, 10 million a year, that's not going to prevent the Padres from building a complete team. And even if they sign him three years 30 and they can't find those cheap trades and they have to go through free agency. You think Peter Seidler is going to be like, no, we're only spending $25 million. We're not spending more than $25 million this year, this off season. No, this guy likes spending money. He literally said that he said that in an interview at the end of the season. So I don't think the Padres are going to be like, oh, we've spent $24 million. We can only spend one more million dollars, one more million dollar left. That's not going to happen. They'll be willing to go over for the right guys, I think. Um, so I'm still, like, they just gave Robert Suarez more money than I, and more years than I thought they would. They're trying to give Soto $500 million, or maybe they'll think about it. Seidler has said that he's not scared by a $500 million total, you know? So this team, uh, they're not going to be afraid to spend regardless of how much they give Martinez or if Martinez comes back. 
Uh, I'm still keeping my hopes up for like Jose Abreu. I like Trey Mancini as a possible bat. I like Mitch Hanniger. Those are some names for me. Uh, and I think they'll get another starter after Martinez if Martinez does come. Um, so I hope they can get this Nick Martinez done, this Nick Martinez deal done pretty quickly here. So they have an, at least a four or five starter. And, uh, you know, it's another security that we can have, kind of like we have that Suarez security now for next year with the closer of Hater leaves, probably will. Um, and we have that security of having another high leverage guy in this year's bullpen because Pomerantz, he's not a guarantee. I'm not going to count on Drew Pomerantz to lead this team, you know, in innings pitched or anything close to that. He's kind of like more home. Like you get what you can get out of him and he can really help when he's healthy, but you can't expect him to be healthy the whole year. That's where I kind of stand on that. Um, where was I going with that? I don't know where I was going with that, but I want Martinez here. Like he was very, very valuable for this Padres team this past season. And just because he's a starter, like I've seen that there's been some people that are like, I'm not so sure about Nick Martinez as a starter. I don't know if the Padres should do that. He pitched better as a reliever in last year's sample size than he did as a starter. But for me, I'm like, he wants to be a starter. He pitched three scoreless innings in the postseason. What's another couple innings? Like, he can do it. I don't think he was terrible as a starter this past season. Um, like, this guy, he's a confident guy. He does work his butt off. He kind of feels like a Musgrove-type guy. Like, keeps himself really healthy. I mean, you look at the guy's legs. Um, he knows what to do to stay healthy. And I think he's someone that, really, really wants to win. So if he is willing to be a reliever in the postseason, if they need him to do that, and I don't see why not, then I think you give him the money. Um, I, I hope he'd be willing to. I, I have no reason to think he wouldn't be willing to be a reliever, have him start during the season, or maybe they have an agreement of, yeah, we'll let you start. If things don't go well, can you handshake, have a handshake agreement with me right now? Uh, I'm just talking with like Seidler from Freller or Seidler's point of view. Do you have an agreement here with me right now that if things don't go well, you'll be willing to go to the bullpen? And if you can agree to that, we'll give you 10 million a year, three years, 30 million. Here you go. Hopefully they can work it out like that. Uh, again, three years, 30 million. I'm just throwing that number out there. I don't have any sources or anything. There's, there hasn't been any reports out there of that being a deal, but there has been reports from Dennis Lynn that they are still talking. Um, and didn't he say, I think he said yesterday that he'd be surprised if Martinez doesn't come back. So I think he will come back. Um, let's get to the chat here. Thank you so much for being here on a Friday afternoon. Again, I'm doing this on my phone, so bear with me here. The font is kind of small. Um, Irie says, hitters usually pick up on that changeup second or third time through on Nick Martinez. 
I mean, yeah, I did remember that as he was a starter last year or when he was a starter that maybe he didn't have as much success later in the game. Um, but, I mean, starters nowadays, if you can get through the lineup a couple times and get through five innings, like, sometimes that's considered a good start. Or, you know, most of I mean, with Snell, if we get five dominant innings out of him, aren't we happy? Especially going into 2023, wanting to keep him healthy. And with the bullpen that we have, Garcia, Suarez, Hader, uh, Tim Hill's going to be back. Morahone's hopefully healthy. Pomerantz is hopefully healthy. Like, going through times through the order, is that the worst thing? I don't think so. Harry said, I say he's a solid number five pitcher any day of the week, just not higher, and we don't need them to be. Yeah. Um, if we can get a number four starter and he's a five, I, I'd be fine with that too. Yeah. Kirsten says Martinez will be a good four starter. Morahone can move into Martinez long roll, I believe, or roll long, long roll, I think is what she meant to say. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Morahone would be the prime candidate to be that swing guy and be that long reliever type guy come in after Martinez comes out of the game as a starter, if he does start, uh, assuming he's back, or after Snell. They probably want to do it with a righty because Morhone's a lefty, give him a different look. But yeah, he, he seems like the prime candidate. You're not going to want Pomerantz going multiple innings, Robert Suarez. You're, you're not going to want him going multiple innings every time out. Morhone wouldn't go multiple innings every time out either. But, you know, he's young. He was a starter. That just seems like the obvious option. Quan asks, who's a low-key starting pitcher in free agency with the Padres go far? Go after, I think is what Quan's saying here. Uh, I mean, Trevor Williams, that's a guy that's been reported. Kodai Senga is not a low-key starting pitcher, but the Padres have had interest in him. Um, some guys I think are intriguing are like Noah Syndergaard. Trade, MLB trade rumors thought he was going to get like a three-year deal. So if that's going to happen, then no, I'm out on him. Um, I'm just trying to think some smaller name guys. I mean, I, I don't think they they want to bring back Manaya or Clevenger. So those guys could be on one year deals, but if they don't want to bring them back, then those aren't options. Um, so, you know, the other options that, uh, there's, there's a bunch of starting pitchers, obviously, like there is every year. I'm trying to look, I wrote down some names, some starting pitcher names, Tyler Anderson seems like a guy that would get multiple years. Andrew Haney seems like a guy that would get multiple years or at least an option. Um, Jamison Tyone as well, probably multiple years. So a low-key starter is probably on a one-year deal. So I'll, I'll probably have another episode digging into more names on like a one-year deal. Uh, but like Martinez and Williams, those are two guys that first come to mind for me. Mike says, Padres are going to have to spend more money than you're talking about to fill this roster out with a championship in mind. I agree. I, I think that they're going to spend more than this $25 million number that Kevin Acey's putting out there. But I'm just saying, if they $25 million, well then, okay, then 
you're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to make some trades. Uh, and you're not going to be able to go through free agency and make all these moves. But I do agree. If they, I agree. Like they, I don't think they want to be going one year deal stuff with all of these guys. Uh, if they bring back Profar for, it's probably going to be at least 10 million a year, right? We're here in 15 a year. I, I'm not, I don't want to do that. But if it's like 10 for 30, kind of like Martinez, 10 for 30, or not 10 for 30, three for 30, 10 million a year. Um, I don't need Profar here for 10 years. Three for 30, um, that's already 10 there. And if they bring Martinez back three for 30, that's more than 25 million already when you add in Suarez. So I do agree that they will spend more than 25. I, I'm just, I was just trying to bring up a situation like how they could fill the roster if they don't want to go really much more over 25. Quan says, call me crazy. I was thinking bringing Zach Davies back. Yeah, I know he's a free agent. I don't know if the Padres want to go that way. Martinez is a change-up guy. Davies is kind of like a change-up guy. And if you're four or five starters there, that's back-to-back days that you're having Martinez-Davies. I don't know if they want that. And that whole thing with Davies and his wife and how that worked out, I don't know if they want that PR thing as well because Padre fans... They remember what happened there. Davies was with the Diamondbacks when that happened, where he just ghosted his wife or girlfriend, whatever it was, um, in the middle of the season during while he was on a road trip. I don't know if they want to deal with that. I don't think Davies is high up on their list, to be honest, for like one-year guys or any free agent starting pitching additions, to be honest. Yeah, JB says Tyler Anderson would be solid. I agree with that. I just think that he's going to cash in. He had a great year last year. His ERA was under three as a starter. Um, the team will give him multiple years, I would think. And if not, the Dodgers will give him $20 million. Well, he got the qualifying offer. So right there, if he, I mean, he could get $19 million right there in a one-year deal. The Padres aren't giving Tyler Anderson that much money for one year. Michael says, I'd like to see Rizzo at first. It could cost some money. Oh, yeah, it, it would cost probably two years, maybe three. I'm seeing two years, like $36 million, something around there, $18 million a year. Sean says, What are they going to do in the outfield, though? So is Tatis in the outfield? If you're having Drew and, Mar- and Abreu be the platoon there at first in DH, Martinez, Sanga as your 4-5, you would think then you have Tatis move to the outfield. But, yeah, that would be a very, very good team. They'd, be, they'd, have, some, they'd have some of the best odds to win the whole thing, definitely. Uh, I like the sound of that, yeah. All right, I wanted to get to something else here. So, James Click, Houston Astros GM, he'd been there for three years, and he got fired today. 
Uh, they said that they parted ways, but he essentially got fired. Um, this guy came from the Rays. He'd been with the Brewers, Dodgers, came to the Astros, and in 2020 took them to the ALCS to a Game 7. Remember, that was played at Petco. 2021 goes to the World Series and loses. Still to the World Series with the AL champs. 2022 this year, they obviously win the whole thing. Um, and he's not the Astros GM anymore. Jim Crane, the Astros owner, I would not want that guy to be the owner of my team. Um, sure. Is he, are, are the Astros, is he running, I guess, a successful franchise technically? Yeah, because they're having success and they're winning. But he doesn't care about their. He doesn't care about his employees. I think that's what that's what that says. Uh, I mean, you're the owner. You can do whatever you want. But to let a guy go, he offered. So according to reports, Jim Jim Crane, the owner, he offered Click a one year deal. So he's pretty much asking Click to leave, like asking him to walk and say, "No, I don't want this." Pretty much fires him. You don't give a one-year extension because this guy was out of contract this year. It was three years he was out of a contract. So after winning a World Series, you think you want that general manager back. But I guess there was some differences. Crane didn't want as big of a scouting department. They weren't really seeing eye-to-eye. So I, I could see why Crane would be like, okay, I don't want Click as the general manager. But then don't give him a slap-in-the-face offer and be like, no, I, I want you back for one year. I'll give you a one-year extension and a raise. I won't give you more than that. Like, that's a slap in the face. Just is. And so my Padre connection with this is, imagine if the Padres won a World Series and Peter Seidler, the same week of the World Series parade, says, thanks for the World Series, AJ. Love, thank you. Appreciate that, but you're fired. The assistant GM of the Astros was also fired. So imagine if Peter Seidler has Preller and Josh Stein, assistant GM, or Fred Ullman Jr., assistant GM, in the office and says, again, thanks for the World Series. I appreciate your hard work, but there's the door. Hope, I wish your families well. We don't want you back. After you just won a World Series, that doesn't make sense. Like, sure, he offered him a one-year extension. And so he can technically say, well, James Click walked. It wasn't me. I offered him an extension. But that, that was that's an insult. That's insulting. To offer a guy a one-year extension after taking you to an ALCS Game 7, World Series appearance, a World Series win, and he's gone. It doesn't make sense. I would not want to work for that guy. Uh, and I don't know who's going to want to be the next GM of that franchise. If they know that winning the World Series is not good enough, it's not good enough. They won the World Series, and he's out of a job. James Click, he'll find another job. He's one of the best guys to do it in the business because he knows what he's doing. He let Correa go. They have Pena. Look what happens. He wins ALCS MVP, World Series MVP. Like He keeps guys. He knows what he's doing. He has the young pitching, but like that just has to be a real slap in the face. I cannot imagine AJ Preller being fired if he wins a World Series. And I know Seidler and Crane, they're different personalities, definitely. 
But is so nothing's good enough. Winning the World Series is not good enough. Oh, well, uh, maybe it took him too long to win the World Series. Is that what it is for Jim Crane? Oh, one in six. I don't agree with the guy. We won the World Series, but it was in six games. Should have won in four. Got to do it in the least amount of games. We swept everyone else. Should have swept this. Like, nothing's good enough for him. So that is a bizarre story there. I know that that was Astros and not Padres, but just Padres' connection. Just imagine if AJ would be fired or given a one-year extension if he was on a contract year and the Padres won the World Series. They'd be building a statue for AJ at Petco Park. Not saying, eh, it's the same day, the same week of the World Series parade. Thanks for your, thanks for your hard work. You're, you're gone. Doesn't make sense. Uh, Max Muncy, he said today, or I don't know if it was today. I saw it on Twitter today, um, that pitchers hit their spots better against the Dodgers, and in their scouting reports, they call it the Dodger effect. Like guys throw harder. They hit their spots. Like they focus more against the Dodgers. It's the Dodger effect. That sounds like an excuse to me. Were they throwing a lot harder and hitting their spots during the regular season when you guys won 111 games? Or was it during the postseason when you faced the Padres? Like that just sounds like you're trying to make an excuse for why the Dodgers couldn't beat the Padres. Just say we weren't good enough. The Padres were better than we were during this series. We deserved to lose the series. Why can't you say that? You have to make an excuse for everything. Just be accountable. We have to be better. We have to play better. Maybe it's the Robert Spurs and Josh Hader are just freaking good effect, not the Dodgers effect. Robert Suarez and Josh Hader were really good at the end of the regular season, and they were continuing to be good, and they continued to be great going into the postseason and in the postseason, throughout the postseason, you know? The, the whole bullpen was pretty much great throughout the postseason. I know Morhone didn't have that great game against the Phillies, or not the Phillies, the Mets, uh, but the bullpen for the most part was really good. Starting pitching was pretty good against the Dodgers. You know, Clevenger didn't pitch good in game one, but maybe Max, instead of making excuses, maybe just say we weren't good enough. Or maybe it's the Padres pitching staff was really effing good effect. Maybe that's the effect. It's not the Dodgers effect. It's not about the opponent. It's about, we're in the postseason. I'm going to focus my butt off here. Maybe it's that. It's not about playing the Dodgers. You guys aren't this like special franchise, this amazing franchise that I think you guys think you are. Whatever. But that was an excuse. But I saw that and was like, oh, I'm going to talk about that today. Just making excuses. Kershaw's back on a one-year deal for them, though. That's... Sure, that's good for them. Uh, he pitched good in the regular season. Good for him. Uh, but first thing I thought of, the bomb Manny hit off of him in his first at-bat in the postseason in the NLDS. And then when the Padres finish the NLDS and they go to Kershaw and he's like has the pouting face, that's a feeling I'm going to remember. Or that's something I'm going to remember for a long time. So good to see Kershaw back. Hopefully his neck starts to hurt next season again. All right, let's finish off here with the chat. 
if you want to make sure I get to your comment, you can use that super chat button. I appreciate your guys' support here. This episode brought to you by Gaglone Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglonebros.com is the website. The phone number is there. The address can be found there. Their main location is on Friars Road. Um, it's also inside Petco Park and inside uh, Snapdragon Stadium as well. Aztecs play, I believe, San Jose State this Saturday. So if you want Gaglone Bros, you can go get it there as well. Great, great food. I recommend that you check those guys out. Uh, Sean asked, what kind of deal do you think Drury and Senga get? I think Drury will get either a one-year deal or maybe he'll get two years sober slugger this year. You know, they, maybe they put that into account. Uh, a team gives him two years, eight million a year, two for 16. Senga, a team's going to, I think a team might give him like five years. Five years, be their three-starter. The Rangers are going to be willing to spend money. The Mariners are interested. Padres are interested. There's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in this guy. He might get $70, $75 million. That's what I've seen from projections. This guy looks really good. So he, I feel like he'll get $15 million a year. I don't know how long, but maybe five, five years. Quan asks, think the Padres keep campy for the trade deadline ship? I think they keep him just to be the backup catcher. I don't see them making any additions catching-wise, unless it's Sean Murphy and they have Nola Murphy and they send Campy to Oakland. But I think they have Shea Langlayers there. They have some young catching there already. So I think Campy just stays put to be the backup catcher and Alfaro is either non-tendered, which I believe that deadline is November 18th, maybe the 15th. I think it's November 18th. Um or they find a trade partner for him. I, I think Campy's the backup. Yeah, Kirsten, uh, Kirsten brings up Dylan Bundy. That's an interesting one. Irie says Palmer Glass. That's a good nickname because he can't stay healthy. Palmer Glass will break a fingernail and be out four weeks. That might happen. That's why it was important to bring back Robert Suarez for that high leverage guy. You can't count on Pomerantz. And you have Garcia under contract. You have Hader for 2023. It was huge to bring back Suarez. You can't count on Drew Pomerantz. I hope you can this season. Or I hope you could going into this season. But you can't. You can't. Just You just can't stay healthy. Sorry, I'm on my phone here. So going through the chat takes a while. I don't know where this comes. Maybe you guys are just talking amongst yourself, but Wanchu says Tatis is, is so overrated. All right. Well, I, why do you think he's overrated? That's that was a that's a random comment. He's overrated. Like, yeah, he hasn't stayed healthy for a full season, but when he's healthy, how are you overrating? How is he overrated? The guy's the best shortstop in baseball, I think, when he's healthy or one of them, you know, Trey Turner, Tatis, those are two guys that stand out as the best shortstops in baseball when they're healthy. Um, the guy hit 40-plus home runs, and he missed time in 2021 with shoulder subluxations. Don't think that's – don't I don't think having him as one of the best players in baseball when he's healthy, I don't think that's him being overrated. Sure, he made a disappointing decision. 
sorry, I didn't mean to show up those chats. It is really hard going through this chat on my phone. These comments are so small, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry, I'm way behind on comments. Daniel asks, do you think Drury's coming back? I, my opinion on that has changed. It, it's gone. It's it's been up and down on that. I I think Drury does not come back. My gut is they give Will a cheap deal as a bench player, or maybe if they get power in left field and DH, maybe they're willing to have Will just play first. He played pretty good defensively at first base when he was healthy. So maybe they give him there that they let him play first. If he gets hurt, you have Coney play first. You have Kim play second. Tatis play short. Um, I'd like to have Drury come back, but I think a team would give him two years. I'm not saying the Padres wouldn't. I'd rather have a Brayu over Drury, and maybe they go get power elsewhere uh, in an outfield corner bat uh, or a DH. Um, they just get it elsewhere and they don't go bring back Drury. Another team gives them $10 million a year. Maybe they, maybe the market gets really big for him. Who knows? I don't think we bring back Josh Bell either. All right. This is it. Talking Friars episode 277. Thank you so much for tuning in. A short one today. Not a ton of news, but we did discuss Nick Martinez there, Max Muncy, James Click, that, that weird thing there with Houston, and uh, obviously answered your questions. I'll be back. Probably tomorrow. Go Padres, and I'll see you later. Ben Fadden signing off. Have a good one, everyone. See ya.